Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Adjust Your Lenses podcast. Today is yet another great day for you to be joining me. As always, I am your host. My name is Samuel. I'm here to speak with you as we unpack, uncover, and discover truths. Then we restore, replenish, and rebuild each other as we continue to do what? Adjust our lenses. (laughs) Today is already a great day because you are here listening. I invite you to do a quick self-check of where your lens is right now and consider what is influencing your line of sight and vision. All right, let's get to it. Man, I never ever knew there could be a love like this. There is no greater love than this. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that should be the whole episode right there. (laughs) Because there is no greater love than the love that Jesus gave to us. See, as I stated in episode one, and I have, you know, stated in other episodes since, right? My relationship with God is the most important relationship that I have. See, mine is a very interesting journey, right? That has led me to this point in my mid-30s. This episode might sound a little different from the ones that I've recorded, you know what I'm saying? And for real, for real, because it's basically coming from the hip, like it's coming from the heart. Oh, (laughs) for those who don't know what that means, it means basically like it's coming from a, a hot take, you know, and I'm basically giving it to you just like it is, straight no chaser. You see, once upon a time, not too long ago, (laughs) <laughs> I'm start. I'm gonna stop being silly. I'm gonna start goofing off. Right? It all started a long, long time ago. When even before I was in my mother's womb, God knew me. Yeah, not just me. You too. God knew you. Yeah, He knew me. He knew you before you got into your mother's womb. See, God is like that. He knows all of us before we come out the womb. The reality is we think we just showed up by happenstance, right? Like an accident or we were quote unquote planned. But my belief says otherwise. If God can make the galaxy to function perfectly, then there is nothing he's unaware of. You didn't come here. You are not an accident. See, that's just the foundation of it. You are not an accident, period. So no matter the circumstance of your conception, you are on and in purpose. I am on and in purpose. We are on and in purpose. Let's get back to my story real quick. Okay. So, you see, my pops was born a Muslim into a Muslim family. And shortly before his pop died, right, that's my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, he had an encounter with an angel. Yes, I'm calling it that because that's really the only way I could describe it. See, he grew up in a really small village and had earned a scholarship to go to like a university in another state, right? At that time, they had a program or whatever the case may be. And he was like one of like two or three kids from his village that got to go. I think maybe he might have been the only one. I don't even know. 
But while he was there, he was outside playing soccer with his friends, right? We call it football, right? Uh, you know, because you play with your foot. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> this man runs up to him and basically reads him, right? Tells him all about himself, his life, and everything like that. And he tells him about his future. He says, you know, commit to Christ because, well, you know, um, if you if you commit to Christ, like this is how your life going to be. If not, this is how your life going to be. Da -da -da -da. So this Muslim boy is looking at this stranger like, uh, what? So my pops at this time, he's like 20 years old, 19, something like that. And then boom, out of nowhere, this man disappears. He never sees this man again. He asks around like, yo, did y'all see this man? Da -da -da, describes the man. Everybody he asked, everybody that was around, they were like, nah, we didn't see this. No, we, we don't know who that person is. We've never seen this person before. Mind you, this is on a college campus. So you can imagine. So a little bit after that, he got the word that his pops passed. When he got home, right, he hadn't even converted to Christianity yet. But shortly after that, he did. The thing about this story that, you know, it's foundational is that at that time, it was a very, very big deal for him as the oldest son of my father to decide to convert to Christianity in an entire Muslim household. So you got to understand the context of that. My paternal grandfather had four wives, and that was normal in that culture, right, at that time. So he's the oldest child. He's the oldest. And now he's the head of household, leading a Muslim family. And he converts from Islam to Christianity. He was shaking tables. <laughs> While he was in college, though, right, he had met my mom. See, she was a, already a Christian. She grew up in a Christian household. So I guess that gave him some extra incentive. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but I guess that, that, that's how it be, though, right? Like, you know, there's always an extra incentive when you see a fine woman getting her worship on, right? But nah, 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 for real. Let me not get in trouble saying that. Uh, <clears throat> side note. Okay, side note. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Let me, let me tell you. Let me put you on a little game or something, all right? Real quick. We gots to do better. When it comes to women in the church, women who are believers, like for real. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong now. I know some women are in church trying to catch you slipping. All right? I get it. But I got to say, man, so many women in church are waiting for their Boaz. Now, okay. All right. All right. Maybe a lot of y'all non-church folks don't know who that is or what I just referred to when I said Boaz. So do yourself a favor. Just Google Ruth and Boaz, okay? I don't got time to explain it on this episode. But basically, Boaz was this guy that really took care of his business, right, in life, period. And he was a man of integrity in life. And the way he handled himself was consistent, even when he had the opportunity to not be a man of integrity. See, I've learned that it ain't what you do when everybody's looking, right? We all know that saying. It's what you do when nobody's looking that matters, right? Which is definitely true because I can't say that I've always done the right thing. I'm just being honest and open about it. I mean, I thank God for the process of renewal because that's just it, renewal. And women in church, 
or you know you know women of the faith right like i'll just say that uh, women of the faith i think i can basically pretty much say that most of them are really looking for a good christian man and yes i know we've all heard the stuff about the church girls you know quote unquote i get it and church boys too for that matter church guys right i get it the stereotypical stuff and hey i ain't gonna hold y'all i was one of them <laughs> but now as adults like we grown we have an opportunity to reframe that for real because that shouldn't really be a thing if women and i'm not just talking about black women right but women in general can't find good men in church or of the faith then where are they supposed to find them at i mean seriously though right where are they supposed to find them at Anyway, I digress. Fellas, brothers, integrity is the name of the game. Trust me, it pays off. And I'm going to tell you this. Integrity in that area of life allows us to manage so many other areas of our lives. So we really got to chill. We got to do better. All right, off my soapbox. So now, back to what I was saying about how my pops was, you know, raised a Muslim, you know what I'm saying, in a Muslim home and all that. Like, you know, so it was a big deal. It was like a really big deal in that culture because you didn't just marry outside of the tribe, let alone the religion. Nah. So he must have been really smitten by my mom to, you know, basically go against the tradition for her. So now fast forward. So when I could remember things, right, my pops, you know, was already an elder in church. So I don't even know how old I was, honestly, but clearly I could remember it. And for my Africans, you all know about this, right? But they had this group of friends, you know what I'm saying? They used to call themselves like the unique associates. They all grew up, you know, or met each other in college at that time. They kind of, you know, stuck together. And so they used to have this yearly Christmas party that they would rotate between each family, right? So one family, you know, hosts this this, this year, and the other family hosts the next year, and so on and so forth. There was a few of them, right? And there used to be something called palm wine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For those, for my Africans, y'all know what palm wine is, right? And, and Caribbean too, right? And Guinness and Heineken and all that, right? But by the time I could really remember these parties, man, my pops wasn't indulging in those things no more. He wasn't drinking or nothing like that, right? He was talking, you know, really taking his spiritual life much more seriously. All right, fast forward some more. Both he and my mom were both religious and faithful, right? But also they were children of their environments. So that's just what it was. So some of their old ways, you know what I'm saying, was, was still with them and still is till today if i'm just being honest so now i'm trying to navigate that world of being like in church all the time and i mean it was great because they really did raise up their children in the way they should go just like the scripture says right when they get older they won't depart so for all my parents out there just shout out to y'all man y'all are killing the game like really seeing you know people that i grew up with and everything like that went to college with being just dynamic great parents shout out to y'all kudos to y'all trust me your kids will remember it believe that right so i remember like a lot of things i didn't enjoy as a kid you know um and even when i was a teenager like i wasn't exactly excited to be in church like two three times a week sometimes four times a week like it wasn't like that but i definitely did appreciate a lot of these things when i got older 
see, there was a lot that I didn't get into because I just wasn't able to be in, in those environments. There was so much more that I gained because of that. So needless to say, it may not have been what I wanted. And at times I'll even say needed because balance is important. Okay. So I don't want nobody to hear this and be like, oh, see, you know, he's talking about, you know, yeah, you got to go. No, 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 no. It's not like that. No, no. Don't just have your kids doing one thing. Everybody is intersectional. Kids need to learn what they're good at. And that's a lot of different things. They need to learn their skills, their talents, their gifts. So I wanted to be doing the things that my friends was doing, not being in church every day, right? But okay, about a week or so ago, I remember I was just praying and praising God. And a song from Vacation Bible School from like 20 something years ago came to me. Can you imagine that? 20 years ago? So you see, those deposits that were being made, they were taking root. They were sinking deep. They were bringing forth fruit. And I didn't even know. But God did. God did. And that's the only thing that actually matters. That's why I want to talk to y'all today. And just share with you a little bit about God's love. See, God's love is unconditional. When God decided to make mankind, he did so to show that man could accomplish his will here on earth when other heavenly beings failed to do so, basically, right? So he made us to be his vessel, to fulfill his goals. That's just pure love. That's just pure love. Like, he had no reason to because he didn't really need us. But he said, you know what? I'm not just going to make them. I'm going to put them in my perfect plan for the entire universe, for time, for, for, for time. Like, that's the thing that we don't understand. It's time. Like, we see things based on our 24-hour clock and based off of the knowledge that we possess about the earth and the world and time. But God doesn't exist in our time. He exists beyond it. He's an eternal God. He existed before us. He will exist after us. But the crazy thing is, now there is no after us because we will be with him forever in eternity. That's love. That's love. So imagine this. The creator and the created. For those who are wondering, well, which one am I? We're the created. <laughs> the creator don't get to dictate to the creator how things should go. If I invent something right now, I'm inventing it. And I'm telling it what to do. How to function. How to operate. I'm defining for it what it does. If I innovate on something. I'm innovating on something that already exists. There was nothing that existed before us to innovate on. We were created. Our functionality is determined. So 
unless I decide to surgically enhance myself, my functionality is defined. So now you can imagine the created trying to determine their functionality against the will of the creator. So when we talk about changing things and all this kind of stuff, what we have to understand is even when we do all that, God don't love us less. His love doesn't change. His love is enduring forever. Case in point, he loves us so much that he took a part of himself, put himself in human form, the sonship of Jesus, and then put himself on the cross to die so that we may live. Like, listen, this ain't no sales pitch. Nope, not at all. I see it real clear. The way in which we have knowledge is through God. The energy, the strength that we have is through God. The life force that we have is through God. The breath in our lungs is through God. God is everywhere and is in everything. Look, I, I, I can't tell you how many times God saved my life. I mean, I mean that. Not, not, not on like peripheral type of stuff like you hear people being like, oh, God saved my life. He rescued. No, no, no. I'm talking about literal times. <laughs> there are accidents I've walked away from that I had no business walking away from. And I don't mean just walk away. I'm talking about without a scratch on my person. That's God. My family, that's God. My partners, that's God. My health, that's God. My peace, that's God. My joy, that's God. My story, that's God. I'm going to give y'all one real, real quick example, man. When I was a little young and back in Nigeria, right, I was what, you know, you'd call a little um, a ruffian. Let's just say that. Basically, a kid that was a little rough around the edges, okay? So I used to play rough, always getting nicks and knacks and all that, right? So, well, one time, listen, okay, y'all, don't, don't, don't judge me, please, all right? <laughs> okay? Trust me, all my screws connect, all right? <laughs> but, okay. So a kid from the neighborhood had convinced me to get on the back of his bike. And so we going downhill on this adjacent street from ours, right? Trying to turn onto our street, which would have been a super sharp turn, even if the bike was a fully functioning BMX bike that they use in the X game. So let alone the rusty, rusty behind bike this boy had without brakes. Yeah, you heard that right. Without brakes. Okay. So here we are going Full speed down this hill, he makes this turn and I go flying. I scrape both knees to the bone. Yep, you heard that right. You could see the bones in both my knees. All the kids knew it was a problem, and so did I. The screams that people were making and the squeals, I was like, oh, this is bad. In that scenario, man, it could have been and should have been a lot worse. Long story short, I healed quickly. No infections, nothing. See, my mom wasn't at home. It was hours before I got to the hospital. And there were literally no ramifications 
other than the pain of the disinfectants and cleaning agents that they used. See, those types of memories stick with you when you know that things should have been a lot worse. I can recall situations that I probably should not have walked out of, and I did. So many. That's love, man. It ain't because I did good. It's not because I earned it. You can't earn God's love. Ain't nothing I could do to earn God's love. Okay. Enough of that. Now, has anybody ever thought about the Aurora Borealis? See, did you know that the light from the Aurora Borealis comes from the sun flares coming in contact with the Earth's atmosphere, which creates uh, electromagnetic waves, which turns into light? Did you know that those lights sing and dance? Did you know that the Bible describes the light in God's throne as a brilliant rainbow similar to the Aurora Borealis? See, did you know that descriptions of God's throne include chrysolite, which is a brilliant green precious stone that also comes in other brilliant emerald colors? Listen, listen, before y'all try to report me to y'all's clergy, <laughs> okay, I'm not saying that the Aurora Borealis is the light in God's throne. I'm simply saying that this earth has way more than we think when it comes to the brilliance of God. It says that the earth declares the glory of God in the firmament, his handiwork, day after day, utter his speech, night after night, displays knowledge. I'm trying to tell y'all his love. The brilliance of his love is in what he puts onto this earth so that we can show the proximity that we always have to him. That's what a good father does. See, he don't just leave us hanging ever. He wants us to see the expressions of his brilliance to give us comfort while we're here on earth. Knowing that this is only our temporary dwelling, our permanent dwelling is with him in eternity. In heaven. See, only a loving father makes sure that you know he's there even when he's not. See, his love isn't only how he saves us from ourselves. And his love isn't just, you know, based on our poor decisions that we make. And Lord knows I made plenty of them, right? That's making God too small. He's much, much bigger than that. He shows up in the raging, roaring river, the ecology of nature, the brilliance of the stars, the covenants of the sun and the moon, the fact that the earth sits on an axis and never stops rotating. Yes, and still somehow it maintains its course. And the proximity to the sun, which would literally burn us all to a crisp if we got any closer. See, y'all see an egg? Y'all ever seen an egg frying on the pavement when it's hot? <laughs> well, if y'all knew that if we only got about a football field length closer to the sun, we would all be toast. This whole earth would go up crazy, like mountains and, and everything would melt and things would, like, the, the power of the sun, and yet somehow it just remains just like that. How many of us feed the birds of the sky? The fish of the sea. Do we even know how nature operates and yet somehow we're still alive? I mean, y'all do know that there's a lot more of them than there is us, right? Like this earth is a small yet incredibly big place. And there's a lot 
about it that we still don't know. All right. I just went real, real macro. Okay. <laughs> Let me bring it back micro real quick. Just so we all have a good understanding of just what all this means. This won't be the last time I speak on this because it's real important for everybody to know. God loves everybody. And I ain't saying everybody that's a Christian. I'm talking about everybody. Everybody. You know, without the V, everybody. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just to be clear, though. God's love is not Santa Claus-like. He's, he, he's not Santa Claus. He's not coming down your chimney. It ain't, you know, magician. We're not Bourdain and it out here. It's not like that. He's not a genie. You don't get three wishes and then poof. No. His love is also discipline. And discipline is an important part of love. The thing is, we don't like God's discipline, right? Because we want to be able to do whatever we want. And whatever we want typically gets us in some muddy waters because everyone is doing whatever they want. You see, that's the thing. And God isn't for all that. He disciplines who he loves as any parent does the same. So why do we not want his discipline? See, the main difference here is we're being disciplined by God. And whenever we're being disciplined by God, it's usually to take us to a new level, a new revelation to understand him better. So don't ever be mad about God's discipline. It's an important part of his expression of love. Now, let me tell y'all, I've experienced that discipline in ways I'm not sure it would help me to express. Hey, yike. But nah, for real though, maybe it's not safe for me, or at least it's not easy to share. But let me say this, the discipline is always for our good. So I, right, I'm going to give you an example. There was a relationship that I was in, right? And um, I know I wasn't supposed to be in this relationship. I'm just being honest. But I was basically just really focused on, you know, doing my own thing, pleasing myself, right? And making it whatever I wanted. I didn't really pay attention to God like that. You know what I'm saying? He was trying to tell me and show me, you know, like, hey, this ain't for you, bro. But I was like, hey, listen, I'm going to do me. And when I say he was trying to show me, I mean, he made it crystal clear. You know, <laughs> I'm talking about crystal clear okay and it wasn't like you know i could miss it or anything but i refused i just refused it ended up costing me in so many ways that i couldn't understand until much much later one of the ways it cost me one of the purest way that it's cost me is that my vision of things became tainted see I related to women differently because my vision was tainted. My trust eroded. So now I have to look at things, right, and really work at it. Like, unlike before, I didn't really have to work at it like that before. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And yeah, I know some people are hearing that and then be like, oh, one, one person did him bad and now all of a sudden. No, 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 no. It's not even like that. I'm trying to tell y'all is... The reality is, is that once your vision gets tainted, now all of a sudden you've created problems for yourself that you didn't have before. Now you got to unlearn things that you didn't even need to learn at all, right? And yet, even though I was doing all this, I was being stubborn. God kept showing me and telling me like, hey, yo, man, this ain't for you, bruh. I was like, 
I'm ignoring you. Can't you see I'm ignoring you? <laughs> I can't sing. But that's basically what I was on. Purposefully ignoring him. He saw that. And he said, okay. You want to ignore me? Go ahead. Do your thing then. He allowed me to do my thing. Year after year passed. And I'll tell you what. I had no peace. None whatsoever. No joy. None whatsoever. And those two things, if you don't have them in your relationship, run. It don't matter if you have money. It don't matter if y'all getting promotions. It don't matter if other things are working out. And yes, I know if you have children, it's not that simple. But if you don't have peace, you don't have joy, before you get married to that person, run. Because peace is an indicator of the presence of God. And no peace is an indicator that God is not in it. It ain't about the money. It ain't about how y'all look on Instagram. It ain't about how cute y'all together. It ain't about the sex. It ain't about that. It's about, do you have peace? Do you have joy? Some of y'all hearing this right now, like, man, I shouldn't have married that. No, I ain't trying to get nobody in trouble now. I ain't trying to get nobody in trouble. I'm just saying. I'm really not trying to stir nobody's pot. I'm really not trying to, like, cause problems in anybody's relationship. I'm really not trying to, you know, cause people to break up, right? That's not what I'm doing. Because if you're in that relationship, you're in that marriage, you're in that situation, it's something to think about. Does this situation bring me peace? Does this situation bring me joy? Peace and joy are currencies way, way, way more important than anything money can buy. So God expresses himself through peace and through joy. We have to understand that. And he expresses his love through peace and through joy. We have to understand that God loves everybody. That's one of the most difficult things for folks to understand is that his love is not about whether or not you're good or bad. Now, the consequences, that's, that's a different topic. That's a different issue. Good and, and evil, there's consequences, right? But his love doesn't change. His mercies, his grace, all of those things are dependent on how you know him. <laughs> Let me be clear though, <laughs> right? But his love doesn't change. I gave y'all a couple of examples from my own story. It's because I really want y'all to understand that we love him because he first loved us, not the other way around. How does he express his love? You're breathing right now. That's one expression of his love. You're breathing right now. And we got a whole lot of people that's not. They're not with us no more. I can't add a single second to my life. I don't know the day or the hour I'll take my last breath. God's love ensures that no matter what, no matter what, I can experience life on this earth knowing how much 
he loves me and how much he loves you. So I say to everybody, get to know him. Just get to know him. He loves you anyway. So get to know him. Next time I talk about this, I'm going to share more examples from my own story. Because I really want people to understand that it's not so much about what you do. It's a lot more about what you don't do. I'm going to say that one more time. It's not so much about what you do, right? Because what you do is just your human nature. You're going to fail. Like, that's just what it is. So when I say you can't earn God's love, like, you can't earn his love. He knows you're going to make mistakes. He knows you're going to fall. He knows you're going to mess up. He, he already knows that. He counts that, you know, in the plan, like in, in, in your life. Like he already knows he going to bust his head wide open. He's going to, you know, make that mistake. He's going to, like he knows. I was trying to be careful about the examples I gave just now. <laughs> but he knows. He knows the mistakes we're going to make. Okay, he knows. So it's not so much about what you do. It's just about what we don't do. So next time I talk about this, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the things that maybe we don't do to show like, Lord, God, because you love me so much, I ain't going to do these things. As always, man, I really, really, really love talking to y'all. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart to everybody that's been supporting, everybody that's been holding it down. Yes, I know this episode is different, but it's been on my heart to share really more about what I believe we need more of, and that's a true appreciation of God's love. Stay tuned. Adjust your lenses. Thank you again for joining me on the Adjust Your Lenses podcast. It is always a pleasure to have you. I am honored and humbled by everybody who listens. (laughs) I look forward to hearing your feedback and your comments. Please, please, please hit that subscribe button. I invite you to keep adjusting your lenses as we continue on this journey to unpack, uncover, and discover truths and to restore, replenish, and rebuild each other. Until next time, peace and love.